Hey Mavens, welcome back to the Beauty Mavens podcast. We are so happy you're here and thank you so much for all of your support. Before we get into the episode today, we just wanted to personally invite you to our Beauty Mavens Summit that is coming up in July. Come join us for two days of hands-on education from industry experts. Day one is our branding boot camp. We will recap the first Beauty Maven Summit where we helped you build your beauty business like a maven. This is for past attendees who want more direction or new attendees to help in the branding process. In this course, you'll learn how to find your why, establish core values, define your client avatar, decide your brand colors, your brand voice, your do's and don'ts of your brand, and so much more. On day number two, we are going to be going over knowing your numbers like a maven. So we will be sitting down with you and literally figuring out your numbers. You'll learn what your bottom line is, how to correctly price yourself, when to raise your prices, how to keep track of expenses, hourly pay versus commission versus booth rent, which is best for you and your business, and get all of your numbers question answered. Our Beauty Maven Summit is not about sitting in the crowd and jotting down all the notes. We really, really want you to do something in your business and to build your business. We'll be grouping you with like-minded mavens to brainstorm, dig deep, share your insights, and put it all to work. Like we always say, you can do it, but sometimes, you know, we all know you just need the connections or the tools to start, and that is what the summit is all about. So if you're ready to get familiar with your numbers so you can profit those six and seven figure revenues, then the Beauty Maven Summit is for you. It's going to be in downtown Salt Lake at our studio. It's July 19th and 20th, and we really, really hope to see you there. You can purchase tickets online at beautymavenscollective.com. Welcome to the Beauty Mavens podcast. Kristen and Madison are creating a space where the beauty obsessed can feel empowered to dream big and achieve their goals. It's awesome. Interviewing other mavens in the beauty industry to discover their secrets to success and how they got to be the expert that they are. Brought to you by a sister duo of estheticians and entrepreneurs. Here's your hosts, Kristen D'Oliveda and Madison Annis. Today's guest is a fellow beauty podcast host of the number one hit Clean Beauty Podcast, an internationally recognized, multi-award winning clean beauty makeup artist, educator, and business mentor whose work has been featured in several bridal publications on celebrities and TV shows, a former international cover model with a master's in high-definition makeup for film and print from MKC Beauty Academy in Hollywood, first makeup artist to travel the world on the PGA European Tour, taught HD makeup at Blush School of Makeup in San Francisco, awarded Best of Weddings 2018 by The Knot, featured makeup artist on This Is SF that aired on CBS, managing consultant at Beauty Counter, co-founder of SustainableProject.org, founder of Rising Tide Society's Silicon Valley chapter. With over 10 years in the beauty industry as both an elite celebrity and destination wedding stylist, Cassandra has an in-depth knowledge of complexions, bone structure, color utilization, clean product formulations, and ingredients. She is also a widely recognized educator and sought out for her role in the niche clean beauty space that is taking the beauty industry by storm. To top it all off, she is the creator of The Lash Binder that we will talk about in today's episode. Please welcome to the podcast, Cassandra McClure. That is a lot. It is a lot. I didn't know you were going to read the whole thing. (laughs) But I just copied and pasted from my website, and I know you've been recording a while because of your voice. Oh my gosh, I'm like... (laughs) 
I feel the same way. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's a lot there. So happy to talk about any of it. But I've been doing this for a long time. And, you know, when you're in makeup, I feel like there's so many different things you can do. And I really wanted to try everything. And then when I, when I got into it, like when I got into fashion, I wanted to work fashion week. When I got into bridal, I wanted to be the best. So I guess I just pushed myself in every it. single way yeah in the space so that's how I kind that's of awesome. I love yeah. it I have tons really of experience and stories to share I'm yeah. sure okay mm. so before we get into all of that which we will get into we're just going to start with the high low segment so do you want to start Kristen sure so my high would be we got to go to a gifting party this week where we got to go just pick out different prizes to go in our swag bags I thought that was fun I love Where's free stuff the earrings you got those there? Oh, the little ones. Yeah, those are so cute. And then the low was right across the hall. There was a dance party. We weren't going to dance. Well, we, we didn't dance. Don't let me fool you. But we, like, stopped in there to see what, was, what happening? was happening. And there was, like, this huge table filled with popcorn. And it looked like it was chocolate-covered popcorn. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I love zebra corn. I'm so excited. And so we walked over there, and it was literally burnt popcorn. There was no chocolate. <laughs> So that was my low. <laughs> it was so funny. Okay. My high um, has been this week just being at Alt Summit, and, and it probably sounds really cliche, but I haven't said it yet, and my highs of the ones we recorded, I've, like, picked the little ones, but um, it's just been really fun making connections with people. I've loved being able to sit down and record with people while we've been here, and we haven't gotten to as many classes as we wanted to, but... The ones we have gone to have been great. Um, my low is that Jess, the girl we are traveling with, her phone got stolen today with her two credit cards and her ID. So that was another reason we didn't go to any classes because we were like trying to track it down with the Find My iPhone app. And like, she's currently in the hall talking to a police officer. I know. It reached yeah. me out when I walked down here. I'm like, oh, What's there's happening? a cop here. Yeah. What's happening? Yeah. So it's been like the whole day, like, Okay, now cancel this credit card and cancel this credit card and like check if they were fraud. Like it was. And how are you gonna get on the plane on Friday? Hopefully, yeah. I know this. It it comes up now that a police officer is involved. I've never thought about involving a police officer though. I've had my phone stolen in like several times. Me too. So (laughs) she wasn't going to, but then she she, like called and canceled all her credit cards because she has one of those wallets on the back of her phone, which I do not recommend. (laughs) Oh my god! So it was like all her credit cards and her ID. So she called and canceled them, and then she got an email that was like... They just tried to use it. They just tried to use it at CVS. So she was like, called them, and they're like, oh, we have surveillance. So that's why she was like, oh, I wonder if we can catch them then. Oh, wow. They're not getting away with this. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. But, so yeah, that's my low, and... Wow. <laughs> my high has been partnering with Aether Beauty. We got to do lashes the last two days, mm-hmm. but it was also just a low because we didn't have food or any cover above yeah, us. So hot. we were going, like, people were blind when I'm, like, doing their lashes and showing them. And then it was just, like, really hot, and then I got cold. So it was amazing doing lashes. Like, we, I did, like, 150 women, That's which was so amazing. Cool. I got to meet so many people. Um, but then it was also just, like, grueling. I'm, like, burned in, like, weird areas. And so <laughs> it's just kind of – and I haven't gotten to go to any talks yet or do anything because I was there the whole time. So yeah. I'm excited for – tomorrow to actually enjoy and see what everyone's doing (laughs) yeah so fun okay so let's go back to all of those credentials and the work you've done um let's just do like a little recap of your story 
and how you got to this point in your career. Yeah. So I grew up and I always loved like Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera and I loved their hair and makeup uh-huh. and I would always just just get lost in beauty magazines and so my mom always bought them for me and I just loved playing with makeup. She let me buy it whenever we went to the grocery store and so then I started um, doing my own makeup and then my friends started asking me if I could do if they could do theirs for different dances like Tolo and stuff like that. So I would do it and then I was you know one of the first ones in my school to do like do lashes and stuff and then um, I got in I really loved taking photos. I was like kind of grew up as like the girl with the camera and I always printed out all the photos and gave them to people. And like by the time I hit high school, I'd like bring all the photos in and share them and people really loved that. And so I was just known as like doing that. So, but then I started getting in front of the camera, getting more confidence and wanting to do more modeling. And with modeling comes needing to know how to do your own hair and makeup, which I was already kind of doing. So it worked really well. And I got to work with some really amazing photographers in Seattle. Um, and I was published and I got to work with different like brands and stuff. And then I built my portfolio just on my own. And then I moved to LA when I was 18 to go to a beauty school because I wanted to continue doing that. And I uh, signed up as like an extra in LA just to do like commercials and movies. I was in all kinds of music videos. Like I was, yeah. And Tyga and like I was Nick (laughs) Creshawn and just like random people, but I got to get in however I could. And when I was doing makeup, I would be handing out my cards to model. And when I was modeling, I was handing out my cards for makeup and I was always hustling, just trying to get in and meet people. I got to like, work with Lionel Richie like eventually I was like 20 and he flew me to New York to work with him on New Year's Eve which was also like my birthday because he performed in Times Square um, with Taylor Swift and the Jonas Brothers so I got to like hang out with people before they were even anyone Kim Kardashian like 2001 like before anyone really knew who she was I got to sit next to her like for award shows and I, you know, yeah, (laughs) like Paris Hilton, like I knew everybody because I'd also go out and I loved to to have a good time. So I was always in the club with somebody and I would always make my way into where everyone was and all the cool parties. And so, um, I kept doing that and worked with 838 Media Group and worked with a bunch of really famous international models and, um, way more gorgeous than like real models, Victoria's Secret, Lake Girls and stuff. And so the more I did it, the older I got and the more I got away from doing um, like cover stuff and doing magazines. And I I got into more um, weddings because that's really where the big money was for me. And so then I started doing that and doing destination weddings and events. I just got back from Bali. I still do destination weddings every so often. I'll go like once a month and do one because my product, you know, I'm all about like getting out of the service industry into uh, like a product. Like I really wanted my own product and I saw the need and the complaints from all the women who said that they couldn't apply lashes. Every single wedding, every bridesmaid, every, even models, they just struggled with it. And so I created a tool that um, helps and I'm also formulating a clean lash glue right now and working on an eyelash, like a sustainable lash line. But I just launched Lash Binder two weeks ago. So there's a ways oh, to wow. go. I didn't yeah. realize it was so new. Yeah, it's brand new. So we premiered, debuted it here at Alt. 
Yeah. So well, congratulations. Thank you. That's so exciting. And everything that's coming, I'm excited. Yeah. I okay, I love Kim Kardashian, so I'm like fangirling over here that you like sat by her. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. who are some of the celebrities that you've been able to work on and do their makeup for? Yeah, so, um, like, a couple of the shows initially were, like, eight, like um, Top Chef. Mm-hmm. Um, I just did, like, literally men's grooming um, and stuff like that. Like, when I was in L.A., right out of beauty school, um, I worked with Mila Kali. She's, like, an international model. Um trying to think red carpet wise um just like Crayshawn and like a lot of random like smaller really niche uh, like different artists um and then I worked on I worked on the Ville Ville magazine I worked with them I worked with a lot of different um magazines um with a lot of models in that realm um but I worked really closely with Lionel Richie for a long time he was he's a really good friend of mine um Snoop Dogg um I did a lot of men's grooming actually when it comes to like celeb yeah Yeah, but yeah I'm trying to think there's a lot um but yeah I to me I don't really my friends are always like, why don't you post that? Like, why don't you share that you more celeb stuff? But to me, they're just like people too. And like, yeah. I don't really do the, I don't really, I haven't really like fangirled really yeah. like mm-hmm. on anyone, but I always want to work with everybody. So I'm super open. Yeah. And so I've always just been like, I started off assisting other, other artists and my teacher, she was, she did like everyone from like, Audrey Hepburn and like just like Tupac and stuff like that and so she really like taught us how to just be super chill and like go into sets and just be a flower on the wall and like just do your job and do it quickly and so Uh that just helped me kind of get in all these doors and it was it was great I don't work with too many slubs anymore but my the ones that I do work with because I'm in Silicon Valley I they I do they I do not post photos of them, their private clientele and I I I am asked to not um speak about who they are. Yeah. And so I just totally respect their privacy and we have confidentiality agreements. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome that you respect those and mm-hmm. are able to work with such high profile clients. I'm really curious what it costs or maybe what you charge for somebody to have a destination wedding all the way in Bali and to get you out there to do their makeup. Yeah. Um, so I never had really offered the destination stuff. I was the first person ever was this just lady. She said she followed me on Facebook for a couple of years and it was like a secret, like she didn't like interact with me. I didn't know who she was. Right. So when she reached out and she's like, can I fly you to Spain? I was like, am I going to get murdered? (laughs) And so, you know, like I was just like, who is this person? But her name's Marina. And she was just like a really wealthy Swiss lady who a friend was like, she's a makeup artist. So she asked me, so, you know, of course they pay hotel flight. And then on top of that, they'll give me a few thousand dollars depending on what I'm doing. And a lot of times when it's destination, like for her wedding, it's not like she flew out to do a preview because mm-hmm. I have, I require a preview before I work with them like on a wedding. So for her preview, we did the night of her rehearsal dinner. So she mm-hmm. got to decide 
how she wanted her hair and makeup or she thought she wanted one thing. We did extensions and then the day of the wedding, she decided she wants something different. So it's nice to have those like, and then she did a dinner, but I usually go to all of those things. And then I do like kind of around the clock touch-ups on her and her bridal party. So I usually go do their hair and makeup. So she did usually the whole it's bridal like, party. Yeah, but, I mean, hers was kind of small, so it was, like, her mom, her, like, her best friend, and, yeah. you know, like, it was a smaller wedding, but I've done up to seven people by myself, but oh. I work super fast, and I'm just known to, like, finish, a full, like, full faces in, like, 20, 25 minutes, which... I can do a lot of people in that yeah. time frame. Um, but my minimum started about a thousand dollars to answer your question. Um, but, and anything else that comes in that are just like, Oh, can you come to my makeup for a photo shoot? Like today, my assistant's here and she does those. And that pricing starts at one forty nine. It's because I have an artistry team. So I like work as an agent. I take a percentage of like 20% of whatever they are charging and I add that on top, and then I book out people for, them. for it. Yes. Wow. So if it's cool. just, like, random stuff and, you know, I'm busy and I'm doing a podcast mm-hmm. right now while she's at the hotel working, it works really well. And then I have a team in Seattle and a team in um, the Bay Area, I guess I would say. That's cool. Yeah. So if anyone there asks just for something quick, you'll just send one of them out. Yep. So I get a lot of requests from Wedding Wire. We're like really highly rated on there, and then the knot because we were best of, and we were on a TV show there that always runs, and so we get calls. And then my website, I still get a lot of inquiries, and then the, I also I have two Yelps that have like eighty reviews each, so I always get you know calls from that too, just straight to my phone. And then I just I'm like, yep, send me a headshot, send me what you want, and then I'll book them out with whatever artist. Like we have a little group, like a WhatsApp group, like really uh-huh. simple, and I'm like, hey girls, who can do this tomorrow? 5 a.m., whatever. Whoever responds first, I just send it to them, give them all the info. We have a contract that the person knows who they're working with, and I just kind of work as, like, a middleman, I guess. Yeah. Because a lot of um, artists, I feel, like, or at least the ones with me, they don't really have a website or, you know, all that stuff. Like, they don't Mm -hmm. really, like, have the time, or they work in salons, and they just want side work, and they're not really all about, like, marketing themselves, and I've been really good at that. Like, I have an Instagram and a Facebook page and, like, all that stuff. So we just get inquiries from all over the place, a few a day, and then I just, like... Send them out. Yeah. So are they considered employees, or is it more, like, freelance? Freelance, yeah. They're independent contractors. That's nice for you. Mm -hmm. Not to deal with all that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... How did you get so many publications and, like, get to be on TV? How, if someone is listening and they want, you know, to build their business that way, like, where's somewhere they can start? Um, I really was, I was super detail-oriented from the very beginning. I, I like, was really great with makeup and product, and I, it wasn't all, I, I didn't really do really heavy applications. I've never been known to do, like, the really, really glam stuff, and I think when it comes to, like, most women, they want to look their prettiest naturally, and, right. like, that really worked for me in bridal, and so I guess the awards and the clients just naturally came. We did, like, over 50 weddings last year, and the referrals just happen, and then, like, my thing for CBS, they called me because they saw the Not publication and a couple other magazines um, that we were in, and those just, I guess they just reach out to me, and um, I also worked with photographers 
I sought them out because I saw their work and it was really beautiful. And I wanted to up my editorial images online. So like Joelle Andrea, she like gets published every single month in a different magazine. So I was like, can I work with you? And we could do like a studio shoot and do a collab. And then like, of course it gets published because her work's amazing and she works with great artists. So I looked at who was in the industry that was really amazing and who already had those contacts. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the wedding publications. It was in 20 different publications last year, but I worked with photographers that had those relationships or the wedding planners. Um, and they edit their photos beautifully and they're top notch photographers. So the photos is what gets you published. So you have to work with photographers that know what they're doing. And usually they have a third party editing their photos. It's not even them. So they, yeah. So they work with and pay for each photo to be edited. And then you, they submit like 10 or 20 star images and then they get published that way. So, yeah, but I specifically was focused on that, and it, they're usually not paid. So a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I'm going to get published and in, inspired by this, or if I get published in the not, like, I'm going to get all these clients, and it's going to make me all this money, but that's not really how it works. Mm-hmm. I just wanted those publications under my belt, and so I made enough money doing weddings that I was able to do those on the weekends or, like, during the week, like, on a Monday, and um, do that, so... Yeah. Yeah. Because it's probably, first of all, it's your time and your energy, and then you're probably paying, I mean, you're paying the photographers, right? So you're probably paying more money to get published. Um, Is that right? Most, so if you're not in an organization like Rising Tide, yes, you're going to be, but when you're on the same level as a person that you're trying to work with, and they're like, they don't have to edit all your work because your makeup's just beautiful and you get an agency model that has great skin and they're not going to spend hours and or you're vetted or recommended then it's a it's a straight collab. So I worked with a photographer um and a model and we all just said it was a collaboration. Right. So we all worked together. So I didn't pay, they didn't pay. It was just our time. A mm-hmm. trade for print, TFP. So what is Rising Tide? So Rising Tide was started by Natalie Frank, I think, five years ago. Um, But when I moved to the Bay Area from Seattle, I was like, how am I going to meet people? All I see are tech guys everywhere, and I'm a creative, so how am I going to break into this market? And then someone told me about Rising Tide, so I went online, found out that I had to go all the way to San Francisco to go to a meeting. And then once I did that, I was like, I was just in two hours of traffic to get here. And they were like, why don't you go to, like, Palo Alto? And I was like, I don't think there is one. And they were like, you should start one. So I did um, to really just to meet people. And now there's like 200 women in the group. It's a completely free, there's um, chapters all over the world, but it's a creative community of entrepreneurs that are in every single different kind of field, but specifically the wedding industry. So photographers, makeup artists, calligraphers, florists, bakers, all that stuff. And then they come and meet once a month, every second Tuesday of the month. That's why it's called Tuesdays Together. Mm-hmm. And so through that, that's how I met the florists and like all of the creatives to get all the wedding publications um, and stuff like that. So um, I now have a co-leader that like took over like because I've been focused, super hyper-focused on Lashfinder. Mm-hmm. So now I'm still going, but I'm not doing all the planning and organizing and reaching out. Because, you know, when you run a community, there is a lot of work that goes in behind the scenes to like make sure I everyone's talking in the group and like, you know, coming to the meetings and all of that stuff. And as an, as a volunteer, because nobody gets paid to do that. Um, and no one pays to come it, um, for, you know, it's been two years. And so I've 
like step back a little bit and I definitely got a lot out of the community and I've given a lot and so I'm kind of letting someone else sort of take over. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I bet that'll be You guys should go and you're in Salt Lake. I know. Yeah, do they have one there? Uh I believe so. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to look it up. So do you just uh, look it up online and then join the group. Yep, Tuesdays together and then your city name. But you can go Tuesdays on com and put in your zip code and it'll show you what chapters are near. And you guys can always start your own too and it's pretty awesome. Fun, yeah. Yeah, and there's like free resources. So every month, like last month was all about Pinterest. So you get a speaker to come in and talk all about Pinterest. And then there's like tax, and there's a tax month. And then there's like a photography workshop month. It's kind of like this, you know, we have all these different things to choose from at all. Yeah. It's like that. But every month it's a different topic. And so you just go and, you know, you can pick and choose which which different meetings you want to go to. You're like, eh, I don't need Pinterest. Or, you know, and you can decide to go meet and stuff and yeah. do collaborations within the group. And it's a great referral network. Like, instead of going to, like, BNI, which is traditionally a lot of money, I've been to a lot of the different organizational meetups with different women and, and small businesses, and it's really expensive. Like. Mm-hmm also chamber of commerce stuff like that but this is like specifically like wedding and creative industry so you just there's a lot of resources and a lot going on and people are always like "Ooh, i need a makeup artist for this you know and then you get a referral so it's really cool that is cool cool. you guys do lashes or what else do you guys do we do so we have a full aesthetic studio so we do like skincare yeah that would be perfect it's a perfect niche to get right in yeah and have everyone come in and you can host a meeting at your place to highlight your business too that'd be fun we'll have to look that up yeah Yeah, we will for sure okay so tell us about your clean beauty podcast why did you decide to start a podcast when you have all of this other stuff on your plate. <laughs> yeah. So I got sick um, about two years ago when I was going to the doctor trying to figure out what was wrong with me. And I got all the tests done at the doctor. And I got like all the allergen stuff done. And they were like, oh, you're allergic to like grass, pollen, dust mites, and your dog and like all this stuff. Um, but they never asked me like what I was using. Like they knew I was a makeup artist, but they never asked me what products I was using. Mm-hmm. Um And around the same time, I was working at Sustainable Project, and my job as a beauty director was to find sustainable brands, sustainable beauty brands, and bring bring them into our events and highlight them. And as I was looking for them, a lot of them that are sustainable are also clean. And so once I heard that, like, cosmetics with fragrance was bad and that there were all these unregulated ingredients in in the beauty industry, I was like, oh, like, I wonder because... When I start to do my makeup, like my eyes are always watering and my nose starts running. I wonder if it's my products. So I decided to do my own detox and I and I started literally and I just took everything out of my house that had fragrance. Glade air fresheners, candles, soap, makeup, anything that had fragrance. And within three days, I could see better, clear, my vision was cloudy. I had less breakouts. I my skin, like my inflammation went away. It was like night and day. And so I shared my story online and I started looking for all the clean beauty resources that I could. Uh Um, I had like my Facebook video went viral like overnight and had like thousands of views. And a lot of women started telling me that they also had similar issues around cosmetics and they were allergic to this or that. And some of them had gluten allergies and a lot of the products have like all this stuff in it. And so... I was like, oh my God, I have to start a blog and a newsletter. And I'm a huge podcaster. So I started looking for clean beauty pot, like, because I wanted to start listening to other people and other stories. And 
couldn't find anything. There was a couple episodes, like Natch Butte, but she's more like, um, like cruelty free. And then there's some organic one. And then there's one in the UK, but like there was nothing that was every episode was about clean beauty or a different brand or different stories. So I was like, and I'd always wanted to do a podcast and I actually even had a name picked out and I went to, um, an organizational, a thing called Angie Lee pays to be brave event. And it's like all these health and wellness pros. And a lot of them were really big podcasters. And I got to do all their makeup in San Diego. And I told them like about my story and they were like, you should start a podcast. And I was like, and that was kind of like that, you know, one of those moments where you're like, okay, it'll be clean beauty. Like I'll do it. And then like after two months, like we were like the top 1% of podcasts with like 3000 downloads and a lot of people were requesting stuff. And I was like, let me just like keep going with this. So we like went live in like November. And so it's only been a couple months. We only have like 20 something episodes, but, um, Aether was just on, she was just on Monday and yeah, I'm just like meeting so many amazing people in the, created in the space and you know the different brands all the founders have a similar story to mine so it's been pretty crazy um to you know because once you're in tune with your body and you're getting into the health and fitness like you start to look at or if you're becoming like a mom or whatever or you had a health issue like one of the people I work with had cancer she had breast cancer and it was like you know an ovarian cancer and like some people had problems with like, um, having kids, like, you know, like all kinds of things, respiratory issues. And so I was just like, Whoa, this is nuts. So I just started doing interviews and highlighting different women founders of like small brands and it's been going well. So that's how the podcast started. And, um, now I'm like starting to tour, talk about it more and, um, and do things like speak on clean beauty at alt because, Mm um, it, the story is pretty, it's like trending right now. Like beauty counter was the most Googled brand of like 2018. And it's like one of the cleanest, most sustainable brands out there. So, and I work, I work with them now. Um, once I found them, I was like, Oh wow. Cause you know, at first I was like, Oh, clean beauty is not going to work, but there's so many products. There's so much, um, there's so many amazing brands that actually have products that work now. So I'm starting to kind of, be able to use all of those and like I completely got rid of all the stuff with fragrance and started replacing all the products that had um phthalates and all the bad stuff so yeah yeah wow that is crazy that's mm-hmm. really cool yeah I um I was gonna ask you what's your favorite clean product that is foundation <laughs> your favorite clean foundation yeah so I I personally right now I'm wearing Beauty Counter, but there's a company called Bay Blue. Um, I love their um, their concealer, um, but there's so many now um, at Credo, and I get samples from everyone, and I'm slowly going through them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's also, like in my kit, I also have the Jane Erdell stuff and Rejuva Minerals. And there's like a lot of different ones that work with different skin types. So I, as a, as a professional, it's like so hard to pick one, Mm -hmm. but of course I would say beauty counter because they have the dew skin, which is like amazing. It just makes your skin glow. Um, but yeah, I always mix and match. Yeah. (laughs) So are you like a rep for beauty counter or? Yeah. So I'm like a director, like a managing director because I have like, when I switched over to clean beauty, I 
started getting calls from brides-to-be and other clients that were like, I've been looking for someone that's clean. Can you fly here? Can you do this event? We're a health and wellness brand. We want clean. We want a clean artist. There's just not very many out there. And so especially locally, I was like, all right, girls, you need to all have some clean products and you have a lot of options. You can go into SF and get anything from Credo or you can be on my team and get 30% 30% off and work with Beauty Counter as well as a base. And mm-hmm. I can start referring you to these clean clients because they are allergic, they have sensitivities. And so all my artists were like, started trying it. They all switched over and became my part of my team, right? On right. this, because it's like a, I don't want to say MLM, but it's like that sort of thing where you can build a team and everything. And then my team in Washington, I started sending them samples. They all switched out on to become on my team too. So then you kind of like work your way up mm-hmm. in like the thing. And so a lot of, and then all my clients, they all ask what I use on them and I show them a chart and I circle all the products I used. Um, I'm super sustainable. So I like printed a sheet and then laminated it. Mm-hmm. And then I just circle whatever products I used on them. They take a picture with their phone and then they go order from my website, oh, um, beautycounter.com slash Cassandra McClure. And so then I get a lot of orders and a lot of people that want the discount sign up as like a band of beauty member. So you naturally just kind of keep growing and people keep ordering every month. So it's a nice residual income. That is nice. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like you got it all, because in Utah that's like a very – hot um business model there's so many and so um I know a lot of girls that are doing that but it sounds like you have it figured out like that's genius that you use them and then like you that you can be able to combine those businesses and like grow both businesses at the same time that's really cool a lot of the consultants are just women who uh, became mothers or like who were just informed and they became reps, but they don't know a lot about the makeup and they don't do makeup. Yeah. So I started teaming, like when I first got introduced to beauty counter, like everyone on my team above me was like, come to this event and do makeup, like mm-hmm. to get people in the door and have like fun pop-ups for different stores and stuff. So I was like here to my team, like, Hey, these are opportunities. Like, let's go meet all these women and let's go to these parties and do sip and shop stuff. Yeah. And so it really naturally did go into my business really well, which is why it is successful. But there's not a lot of makeup artists that, that, that have clean options in their kit. So I always tell them to get in touch with an artist locally that they can find or cause there's like a database I think you can look through. Um, but there's more and more now coming out, which is really great and yeah. a nice option because there are a lot of people I've been flown to multiple cities and States for different events, including pays to be brave and different retreats. One was called brand camp. I did like 14 women for two days. Cause like, you know, when you're advocating for health, you don't want to sit there and have a Mac artist come and do makeup for all your, health and wellness bloggers and stuff. So it didn't make sense. So they have been seeking me out with, you know, hashtags on Instagram and that sort of thing, just finding me. So it's been working out really well. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So do you feel like a lot of your success has come because you've been so niche? Um, as a makeup artist, everything's worked really well, but niching down to clean beauty has been huge. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because, my story was super powerful. Like, you know, coming from like literally all the weddings I was at, I was going to the brides were like, 
are you okay? Why are you crying? Because my eyes just wouldn't, my my eyes and my nose were just constantly. And, you know, working with all the hairstylists that were spraying all this hairspray, like I was just constantly in these environments where it was super toxic for me and I was really allergic. So going and then sharing that story and having everyone like be like, oh, like everyone that's always followed me. And I've always been very active on social media. I post on Instagram every day and um, just sharing my entire journey. I feel like people have been able to like go back even from my very first podcast episode and like listen or go back on my feed and watch as and like go along with me because like no one is completely clean. No one is completely sustainable. No one has all the answers, but I'm just like discovering and sharing as I'm going along. And I think I'm not like saying I'm this expert come to me for all this. It's like, Hey guys, like I just found this, check it out. And like, I'm being very just open Mm -hmm. about it and not saying like, I mean, I've been dubbed an expert, but I'm like, no, I'm kind of not. I'm just, this is just happening to me. So sharing of like a real story is just, um, been cool. But yeah, I guess clean beauty has really helped because it's it's trending and I'm not just like talking about one brand mm-hmm. either, like as a pro. So I've been really honest about what I don't like too. And some people don't like it, but I'm going to say what works and doesn't work yeah. and some deodorants don't work, you know? And, yeah. you know, not everything at Beauty Counter I love. I hate their eyeliners, you know? So like <laughs> I'm really open and I don't tell my clients to buy things that I know that I don't like. Uh-huh. And so I guess I gain a little credibility for that too, like a little more trust. Um, cause I'm not saying to buy every single thing in like beauty counter yeah, or anything right. like that. You're not trying to sell them on something. You're just recommending what you love. Sharing yeah. experience. Okay. Speaking of deodorants that don't work, I've been on like a natural deodorant journey and I'm like, I, cause I am interested in all this stuff, but it does seem overwhelming. So I'm excited to listen to your podcast cause I do feel like, where do I start? But I have started with deodorant and, um, I just feel like I haven't found one that I love. Mm-hmm. So what are you, what's like your favorite brand? Yeah. So that? finding aluminum free is kind of where you want to start. And if you're allergic to baking powder slash soda, which everyone's allergic in like a little bit, mm-hmm. but if it has a lot of like baking, is it baking soda? Baking powder. If it has a lot of that in it, then you can get really red. You'll know right away. And mm-hmm. if you don't react then you can use those. Um, but that kills the bacteria and like will help so you don't smell. Um, but there's a, I re, I didn't know this, but there's like antiperspirants and then there's like, there's two different kinds. Like one's for like more like sweat and then one's for more smell. And then you can get the ones that are in between like deodorant and antiperspirants are different, right? Right. Um, so I've used so many different types. Right now I'm like, it's, I'm using a brand called Humble. Um, and then there's one called Marisol. She's like a small uh, brand out of Texas. I just met them at Natural Product Expo two weeks ago in Anaheim. Um, so I go through them pretty fast because I'm like, oh, this doesn't work. For me, I don't like dipping my hand into a jar and slathering yeah. it on. That's a little too crunchy <laughs> for me. Um, but I have people that love... Um, the brand that there's two at Credo and like, I hate them, but everyone's body is so different that you just have to keep experimenting. Um, so what I've been doing for my, um, my, the podcast has been amazing because I used to spend a lot of money going into these stores to find cleaner products. And when, now that brands are reaching out and I do find new 
like brands like for deodorants, I like say, hey, if if I like your deodorant and you send me a PR box, I'll bring you on my podcast. So I've gotten tons of products sent to me in all different skincare, hair care, home care, and like mm-hmm. all this stuff. So that's been a the upside yeah. um, <laughs> to all the work I do producing a podcast. But um, so I've tried a lot of them, um, but nothing really. I found at Whole Foods like the doctor. Um, and the Schmitz and like yeah. the, those ones don't work. Some of them feel like sandpaper to me. It's that's not even what, worth it the if Schmitz they do. Like. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, <laughs> my, like, no, I don't, I hate that. Um, so yeah, I've, I've, but have you done a mask? No. Okay. So you know how you do like those charcoal masks that you peel off on your face? Yeah. You're supposed to like do that under your underarms and give yourself a full 30 days. Like, before you start using clean deodorants or they won't really work. Really, that's um, no problem. So like do one of those masks and then start using the clean stuff. And I think also it is your diet, like how healthy you're really eating and stuff like that. Cause that can be part of the scent problem. Yeah. Um, but that's one of the biggest like problems still for me too. You know, like I, I hear there's like a surgery I could get to just like, but I don't know how healthy it would be, <laughs> yeah. but I'm just like, I'm so, I'm always sweating and yeah, I hate the wetness and everything. So yeah, I'm always looking for new ones. Um, and then there's somebody, it's like S-U-M-B-O-D-Y. They have deodorant pads that I actually use and they're kind of like orange citrus smelling and I, I use that like in my gym bag and I love theirs too, mm-hmm. but it's something you're wiping and they're little tiny pads. And so afterwards you're like, okay, I need a trash can and stuff. Yeah. So like, you know, different ones work, but it's a nice refresh. Like to have those pads is really good because I'm like speaking tomorrow and I'm bringing them just so that I can wipe yeah. and not just like go in a bathroom and use a paper towel. You know what I mean? Yeah. So those are really cool. Um, but yeah. <laughs> the, the struggle's it's real when it comes to deodorant. <laughs> no, I'll just keep trying yes. more brands. Keep trying. I'm like, oh my gosh. And Credo, you can always return. I think they have like a 30 or 60 day return policy, and I've literally taken stuff back that um, I don't like, and that doesn't work for me. Yeah. Okay. Okay, let's talk about the Lash Binder. I'm super yeah. excited about this, especially because you just launched it. Yes. So, what was the journey like? I mean, you explained kind of how you got the idea, uh-huh. but then from there, how did you make it happen? Yeah, so I um, have a, I'm engaged to an engineer, and he, I watched him go through um, the process of doing a startup in Silicon Valley, but they had big investors, and but they went to China to develop a product that he built, and he taught me the lingo to like talk to factories, um, and get like MO, like minimum order quantity, like all the little terminologies. And then like help me build a deck to send them, to show them that I wasn't just texting them like what I wanted. Yeah, And I, I talked to probably 20 different factories before I got a yes. So I got a lot of rejection because they all wanted me to do like a 20,000 minimum order, which would have cost me a lot of money. So I found a small factory that was willing to work with me on um, like a non-plastic product with minimal waste and um, just, you know, all of that. And then I also had my fiance help me. So he's my partner at Lashbinder. Um, instead of going the route of getting an investor, we just, I saved for years and I knew that I wanted to do this for a very long time. So I waited until the time was right. And I 
created the logo, the design, I picked out the colors, and I was going to outsource for a lot of those different areas, but he helped me, like, with everything to just basically, like, I felt like I was in school because he would double check everything I did, Mm -hmm. like, a teacher and, like, say, oh, no, that's wrong, or oh, no, this is how you do it sort of thing, but because he's in tech and an engineer, it was a lot different because I have a beauty product and that I didn't need... Uh, you know, anything that was electronic. Yeah. Um, but um, we used the same factory for the box and the binder, and I had them build in a little um, foam cut. Like, we designed a foam cutout that you could put the binder in to protect it in the box. I wanted to use a very small magnet. I didn't want to include a mirror so that you could recycle the box. And then I didn't want to use cards because I had – Uh, the podcast was really amazing because it went so well into it because I got so many PR boxes. I started to see all the waste, all the package packaging and boxes and all the cards they would send me. And I'm like, you literally sent me the same information that's on the box with a flyer and then a printout in a manila folder, like to read to, cause I do unboxings on my YouTube. So it was just a lot of waste. And, and I was very honest every time. And I said, you guys, like, I don't need all this. Stop sending me all this crap. Stop sending me like, plastic inserts and all this stuff like just make sure it's wrapped up nice and send it and so with my box um I was like how do I do go without paper and my fiance was like print all the shit on the box print the print the website print your Instagram print all that stuff so you don't have to send it out with any extra cards so that's what we did so we designed the box and the logo and all of that and then um I wanted a beautiful like white soft um binder with a silicon tip so that we were not using metal near our eyes, which mm-hmm. it was a huge issue for people that get poked and um, something that you could also use on the plane or in the car, which I'm always on the go. So I really wanted to make sure that if I if something was to bump up me or somebody that they wouldn't damage their eye. Yeah. So that was also something. And then I wanted it to hold the 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 lash inside of it. So we developed a, like a little function, like a binder to hold the lash. And then I also developed it so that it was curved. So if you sit it down while the glue, so the glue can dry while the mass, while oh, the, um, yeah. Smart. yeah, while the lash is inside. Um, because a lot of times I'd be like needing to put the glue back on the glue cap back on, you know, cause the glue would dry out kind of fast. Yeah. And I was like, how do I do this with one hand? And then I also wanted something for people to use because, well, I'm finding this out now that I'm getting a lot of feedback because we decided to do a, I wanted to do, to do a program to empower artists because working as a makeup artist, I use so many brands and they never offered me anything. They never gave paid me. They never, offered me some of them like makeup forever and Mac, like a little discount, but you have to pay in to like do a program with them. And then like Anastasia Beverly Hills, like you have to be a big artist and you're always on a waiting list. And I wanted to be really inclusive with any artist in the world who wanted to use the product Mm -hmm. and offer a $5 program. So every time they share the product with a bride or a client, they can offer a $5 off code and they make $5 and that goes into their bank account. So I also developed the product around that so that the artist could be like empowered and start to think about what's in their kit and how they can make more money as an, as an artist to make a residual income. And so I thought that was just really important because so many artists, you know, 
are naturally selling products because they're doing beautiful jobs on their clients and the clients want whatever, you know, they just run to Sephora and buy all the products and the artist gets nothing. So I always thought that was wrong. And beauty counter is another great example. And that's kind of what gave me that idea of like, okay, I know that if I sell this eyeliner, like, or this mascara that I'm going to make $5 tonight when I'm in bed. So that was um, important. And then also, um, I've been getting a lot of feedback from, um, people that have, that are disabled. Um, there was a girl who came yesterday and her, her left arm does not work. And so she's like, you know, lash binder changed my life. I have never been able to apply eyelashes to myself or to clients because I need to have like two hands and it's really hard for me to adjust because I'm not, I just don't have that motor function and I have a disability. And so that's been really amazing to hear stories that it's actually a tool that's helping people too. Um, and newer artists are feeling much more confident doing lashes now that they don't have to use sharp tweezers and stuff. So, yeah, it's been going really well. We're working on – we just got on Etsy. We're on eBay soon. We should be on Amazon in the next few weeks. And we are working in um, – we're talking with Credo and working on getting uh, the product into – places like Sephora so that it's worldwide, but you can just go to lashbinder.com and order there and find an artist that's a Lashbinder artist so that you can support them and use their code. They all have their own little unique codes. <laughs> that's so cool. It sounds mm-hmm. like you, how long have you been working on this before it launched? Cause um, it sounds like you put a lot of thought into it. Yeah. So five years is kind of how long I've been thinking about formula like developing something but a year from beginning to end Mm -hmm. so we just launched March 13th so getting everything getting the factory to create what I wanted and going a lot of back and forth and um just the logistic stuff and then trademarking and doing patenting and like you know all of that paperwork um it took a little while too so we had to wait until we were like legal and all that and um yeah, it's just been great. So it's, and it's me, it's just me right now. And so it's, it's exciting. (laughs) That is so cool. I'm excited to see all the new products that you come out with and where this goes. Um, cause yeah, we saw it yesterday. It's such a cool product. So it's a little binder Mm -hmm. that you can pick up your lash extension and glue onto your eye because it is so hard. I get extensions because I can't put on Lash strips. The strips. Yes. They are so hard. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's hard to find a good lash extension artist. And also being in the industry, I've had so many people come to me that their lashes are, like, falling out or they lost their lashes because a lash artist used, like, a really, t- like, yeah. harsh glue. Um, sometimes people are allergic to the mink and the synthetic lashes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also having an artist that really isn't certified and knows what they're doing could really oh, yeah. damage your lashes. And not everyone can sleep with lashes and not ruin them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, you could sleep wrong and then they'll come out all wonky or, you know, you have to really take care of them and get them filled and make sure, you know, some people's lashes grow faster than others. Yeah. And when you let them grow out, they, they get so heavy that your lashes can break off and never grow back. And also you have to be careful washing your face, not using oils, not using mascara. And, you know, your guys's are both perfect. So you have somebody <laughs> that does a great job. Um, but not, it's not true for everyone. Oh, and yeah. So, we've, yeah. We've seen it all. <laughs> yeah. And so it's really helped. And I actually have my product in a, in a few spas um with that lash artist 
spas. And um, when when clients come in, new clients that have damage from other ones, they're recommending Lash Binder to use for a few weeks while their natural lashes grow back with like a serum. So they're recommending that they can't, they don't feel comfortable putting on extensions over someone else's work and with their lashes so thin and brittle. And then a lot of people don't know that mascara is really damaging. Even the cleanest mascara is really bad for your lashes. Like mascara, if you think about putting mascara on your hair, you could just imagine that it cracks. It's like, it makes your lashes really thin and brittle and sparse. And so using lash binder can replace um, mascara and um, you can grow your lashes long and healthy and strong while you're not using any mascara. And I just recommend if you have blonde lashes like me, I just get them tinted Mm -hmm. so that the black blends in and I don't have to put a bunch of mascara on, which is a huge time saver when you're talking about mascara to using lash binder. Cause it takes about 45 seconds per eye yeah. and you know, mascara can take a while and you can still poke yourself with that wand and get it on Sneeze. your face. Yeah. Exactly. Foundation. Oh my gosh. And it's so annoying. And a lot, you know, in hot weather like this, like, you know, it starts to run and all that. And so it's a really great way to kind of, you know, I, I think lash extensions are, are meant for people who really know what they're doing and or if they're you know getting married and they're going to a really super tropical place and they need lashes for like a week or two um and then get them taken off right right away yeah they're very high maintenance (laughs) yeah and very expensive and take a lot of time it's true yeah and if they're not expensive then you're probably have very damaged don't use a group on (laughs) oh yeah no okay so wow (laughs) <laughs> just like I want to keep talking for hours but is there anything else you want to share while you're on the podcast before we wrap up yeah so today I just I just got the phone with um Shannon Underwood who runs Wedding MBA and we're doing a lash bar pop-up there we're officially announcing that on your podcast Yay. um that's in October and it's in Las Vegas at the Las Vegas Convention Center so we're doing a pop-up there and we're also at Bottle Rock with Aether um a flower crown bar and doing a lash pop-up there too so that's in May um and so that's our first like big festival that we partnered with which we're really excited like Santana's headlining with like Mumford and Sons and a bunch of other fun people so we're excited to do that for three days and um, we just are doing lash bars all over the country we just did one here at Alt but um, we're looking to partner with other brands and other um, summits and fun other and, and also small salons like we'll do wholesale pricing for anyone who has a lash company or a makeup company and um, make sure to give codes um, we're doing like an unlimited we're not capping it at any certain number so if you're an artist get in touch and we'll hook you up with a couple lash binders and um, you can start gr- you know growing your own revenue stream that way and yeah thank you guys so much for having me oh, on we just like, so literally met yesterday but it's been fun to do this so quick so fun so if someone is interested in um, coming to these events, we'd be posting about them on your social. Yes, of course. On CassandraMcClure.com, we have all of the upcoming events and there's like um, flyers for each one and it shows you what cities we're in and where we're at. And then LashBinder.com also has their its own kind of thing um, mm-hmm. with, with showcasing that. Um, but you can also find us on Instagram, LashBinder is one or Cassandra McClure is the other one. Okay. So make sure you go check her out on Instagram. And then while you're at it, check us out at Beauty Mavens Collective. And we will see you next week. XO Beauty Mavens. Mavens.